0: And I don't know how many times I hear, you know, I didn't used to have this dairy allergy. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it's just because I'm getting older. And it's like, no, I, I thought this too, but that's not how that works. You get new food aversions, I'm putting that in quotes, allergies, when, you're, when you have intestinal intestinal permeability. So mm. maybe you didn't have an issue with dairy, mm. but now you do because your gut lining is all funky. And now some of those particles are getting into your bloodstream, Mm. which is causing inflammation.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Audacious Health Podcast, where we dive into the wholehearted and imperfect cultivation of our own well-being and the health of our communities. No quick fixes, no shortcuts, just honest conversations to challenge and inspire you to maximize your potential right where you are. Hi friends, I'm your host, Chauncey Carroll, and welcome to the Audacious Health Podcast. Today, I have Audra Hulk. Audra is a certified holistic nutritionist and owner of Audra Hulk Nutrition. At 17 years old, Audra was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and told by multiple doctors that she would have to just, quote unquote, live with it for life. She knew there had to be more to the story and began changing her nutrition one habit at a time a few years ago, which uh, has completely put her autoimmune disorder into remission. She's also a teacher at a local school district and a full tilt mountain girl. You'll find her snowboarding, rock climbing, hiking 14ers, mountain biking, traveling all over Colorado with her husband in their camper van and their three super cute dogs. So <laughs> welcome, Audra, to the podcast. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So... I am just super curious to hear about your own nutrition journey. It sounds pretty intense.
0: Yeah, so growing up, I grew up in a super healthy home. We ate pretty healthy foods. I was super active, always played sports year-round. But for some reason, I was sick a lot. I had, like, five or six sinus infections a year. I had the whole, like, ear tubes. had to have my tonsils removed constantly, like, chronically not super sick, but sick enough to where I was kind of like, what's going on? I eat healthy, I'm super active. Then just kind of, like you mentioned before, went to a doctor. I was having just a lot of weird symptoms, a lot of skin issues, a lot of gut issues, and I got diagnosed with psoriasis, among other things, um, which at the time no one even told me was an autoimmune condition. Um, And I kind of remember being like, hey, okay, are there things that I can do? Like, can I change the way I eat? Can I do anything about this? And it was kind of, no, you can just take this medicine for the rest of your life. So then I went to college and just got into the party scene, completely wrecked my gut, ate terribly for a couple years. And thankfully, after college, I found CrossFit, um, which was an awesome community of just really strong people who valued health and movement. And that's just kind of how I got into, you know, paleo was the big thing back then, you know, it's still great. But that was kind of my first introduction into, okay, let's eat just a bunch of whole foods and see how we feel. And I felt amazing. And it's like, I lost this weight, which was my goal, without almost even trying just because I was eating whole foods, my energy went up. And then a few years ago, it's like all of these things kind of came back. I was bloating all the time. I always talk about I was, you know, crushing Greek yogurt because I thought it was super healthy, and it can be, but then I couldn't, um, you know, zip up my pants at the end of the day because I was so bloated, mm-hmm. and I had brain fog and low energy, and I was getting still five or six sinus infections a year, and it kind of got to the point that I was like, okay, I need some more support here. So I reached out to a functional medicine doctor and it's like my whole life changed. And really we just worked on controlling stress. That's a big one that Mm -hmm. I did not know affected my health. Changed my diet a little bit. Just really got rid of things that were inflammatory to me that I Mm -hmm. thought were healthy. Did some supplementation, some gut GI testing, but really... My major changes were through food, and now it's been just over three years since I worked through this functional medicine program, and now I, I, I'm i such a nerd. I keep track of my calendar. I have not been sick in three years, Whoa. which is crazy to me because I used to get just so many sinus issues. Um, all of my autoimmune conditions are in remission. Um, you know I'm always aware... Maybe I'll have some symptoms come back. But yeah, just through nutrition, I just feel probably the best I've ever felt. Wow. That is so amazing. And now
1: you are helping other people with their own autoimmune journey Mm -hmm. and nutrition journey. So that is so cool. I can't wait to unpack all of that. Yeah. You call yourself a holistic nutritionist. How would you define holistic and kind of why is that an important approach? Yeah. So holistic is kind
0: of a buzzword these days. And I feel like people get a little bit confused about what it means, but it's still research-based. It's still science-based. It's just looking at the whole person. Mm -hmm. So a lot of nutrition in the past has kind of just looked at how much are you eating? Eat less, move more. Mm -hmm. But holistic nutrition really looks at, okay, nutrition, what are you eating? That's a part of it. But how are you sleeping? What are your relationships like with your family, with your partner? What do you do to de stress? You know, it's looking at the whole picture. What does your toxic load look like? Did you, are you consuming a bunch of glyphosate, you know, and you don't even know it and now it's affecting your gut? It's just really looking at the person as a whole and not just what they eat. I have so many
1: questions. <laughs> so, wellness <laughs> approach is awesome because I think you're right that we have this reductionist approach in society of like, oh, nutrition's in its own basket. And then health is, is, is you know, being not sick is in its own basket. And then exercise is in its own basket. And sleep, it's, we have a specialist for every one of those things. Yep. But they're all connected. They're all connected. And you said something, toxic load, and that pricked my ears. Like, what can you give us an idea of what that means?
0: Yes, so that was a big piece of my functional medicine journey, and it's also a big piece that I work on with clients. Um, the toxins in your body can wreak havoc on so many different systems. So environmental toxins, you know, we all know about BPA and things like that, but you know, there's also Roundup that's sprayed mm-hmm. on all of our fruits and vegetables—not all of them, but most of them, you know—and if your body doesn't process those toxins out, they just build up, they build up, they really affect your gut lining, which is hmm. crazy. So a big thing I work on with clients is leaky gut, which I don't even love that word. It's intestinal permeability. So I'm going to nerd out here. Love but it. Let's do it. <laughs> basically, it, there's a lot of things that can cause intestinal permeability, eating things that you're kind of have aversions to, stress, but a big one is toxins. And basically your gut lining is one cell thick. And think of it, I like to think of it like pantyhose, right? Like you can, things are moving in and out. It's kind of like mesh, you know, your vitamins, your minerals, they're getting into your bloodstream. But when you create a leaky gut or permeability, it kind of turns into like fishnet stockings. So like, A little bigger holes in there. (laughs) It's not holes in your gut, Uh but almost. Hmm. And then things, undigested food, toxins, things like that, are getting into your bloodstream, and immediately they're not supposed to be there. So your body sends inflammation to that to get it, basically to get it under control, and that's how we get that chronic inflammation. So Hmm. that was kind of a simplified (laughs) explanation, but toxins just really, really can wreak havoc on your gut on your hormones lots of things yeah that totally makes sense and that's so interesting to think about
1: is like not only the things that we're eating we can you know think oh well yeah if i don't if i eat a candy bar like not great for me but all the other things that are in our environment like what our food is wrapped in what we're using to you know clean our houses with and what pollutants are in the air around us that day and that's interesting to think about it as kind of a threshold and that if you have all of those things dumping in all at once, plus you have some poor food choices, plus stress, plus not sleeping, like Mm -hmm. no wonder your body's going to kind of turn inside out.
0: Yeah. And I like to, I work with a lot of clients on this, so it's, it can be super overwhelming. Like, Oh my gosh, I have to throw out all my cookware and all my Mm -hmm. lotions and everything and just start over. No, you don't. I just work on as you finish maybe this lotion use it up. It's fine. You've been using it and then research maybe a lower toxic load lotion as soon as you finish your laundry detergent, do some research. You can nerd out and make your own for really cheap. I am still not there yet, but there's <laughs> lots of ways you can gradually do it without mm. feeling super overwhelmed with it.
1: Yeah, cuz it like you said, if you start thinking about everything and then you're like, "Oh great, I can't walk out my door without Exactly, finding a toxin, or I can't even live in my house without finding that. It's like that's just right. the reality of life, and we have to figure out what's within our control and what we can start with. And so, yeah, it seems like you're really helping people hone in on like what is really within their control, and that's like the food that we put in our mouth every single day. Yep, for sure. Um, so walk us through some of the major contributors to autoimmune disease, if they're like, maybe even expanding on what we just talked about.
0: Yeah. So really research is showing that there are kind of four major contributors to autoimmune disease. So that is going to be genetics, environmental factors, lifestyle factors, and then unknown factors, which Mm. seems silly, but there's just so much new research coming out and so much research that still needs to be done about autoimmunity. You know, people really, really struggle with getting diagnosed and then getting treated for autoimmunity because it manifests in so many different ways. And mm. there's just so much that's unknown about it. So genetics being the first one, you know, we can't really control. We can't control our genetics. right? Yeah. We get what we get. Um, however, I don't know if you're familiar with the Human Genome Project. Yes. It's fascinating. So cool. But a big piece is we can't control the genetics that we got But we can control the genes that are being expressed Mm -hmm. right through our lifestyle. So I just think that's really empowering to know. I work with so many people at first who are like, I'm just fighting genetics. I'm out of luck. And it's like you are, but your lifestyle. I just read an article, your environmental and your lifestyle factors have like 70 percent. Yes. You know, control. So there is so much that we can take care of there. Um, environmental factors just being kind of like we talked about toxins pollution where you live um, your job you know if you're around that a lot really matters Um, pathogens so I know a lot of people who will get strep throat and then just have a gnarly autoimmune reaction so Mm -hmm. that really affects it Um, and then lifestyle factors is my favorite to talk about because that's what we can control, mm-hmm. right? The the food that we put in our mouth every day, the media that we're consuming, mm-hmm. the stress that we're allowing into our lives. You know, we, we're never going to have a stress-free life. Yeah. You know, a lot of stress is good stress. Mm-hmm. Um, it pushes us, it motivates us, but really finding strategies to mitigate that stress and to handle it. Um, I work a lot with breath work, with gratitude journaling, um, just really helping individuals find their way to de-stress, because it really does look different for everyone, uh, but it is so important to take care of that. Yeah, that's really
1: fascinating, and I love that there is kind of this extra bucket of like other factors we don't know about yet, because I think that is a good like humble approach of like we don't know everything about it yet. Yep, We know a few things that make a large impact, but like, as science develops, like, there's room for growth and that we're, like, just at the cusp of, like, understanding yeah. how to treat this and the wide variety of, like you said, of the manifestations that it brings. Yep. So fascinating. Um, also, yeah, I think the term is, like, epigenetics where mm-hmm. it's, like, how much your environment plays into your genes. And I always like to think about it as, like, your genes are a piano of, you know, keys. And so you as a player get to decide, like, what song to play. And so you don't have to touch those keys over there. They might be like cancer causing genes that you were just given. But hey, like if we hang out over here and we play the song over here, Mm
0: -hmm. like you get to choose a lot of that, those factors. Yeah, I love that. There's, uh, there are things that we can't control, but there is just so much in life that we can't control.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's why, why we're so passionate about this because there are things (laughs) that we can do to make our life better. Yep. So as you know, gut health is a huge topic right now. I think we should maybe set the stage for like what the microbiome is, kind of why it's a major player in our how
0: our health and what we can do about it. Yeah, so our microbiome is just like this own delightful little world of its own. And Everybody hears about bacteria and things and we want to kill all the bacteria, but actually our gut functions on so much bacteria, millions and billions of bacteria in our gut. Um, And it's really just taking care of it. You know, our immune system, I'm going to probably quote this wrong, but I think I just read 80% of our immune system Mm -hmm. is in our gut. Um, There's a lot of research that's fascinating that I could nerd out about, about the gut-brain barrier. There's so much coming out that it affects mental health, your dopamine, your happiness chemicals, just everything stems from your gut. Um, And it really, really affects how you feel from day to day. So I work with people really on three kind of issues that are pretty common with their gut. So that gut dysbiosis which is just you have an imbalance in your gut. You either don't have enough good bacteria or you have way too much bad bacteria. Mm. Um, And that's really caused by what we eat. So sugar, bad bacteria really, really loves sugar. Mm. So if, if you're consuming, you know, a ton of added sugar, you're really feeding that bad bacteria in your gut, um, which can lead to just so many symptoms, skin issues, brain fog, sinus issues. Almost every symptom that you can think of is probably related to gut dysbiosis. Another one, that intestinal permeability I work a lot with. Um, And then the last one is just that chronic inflammation. So those really are the three biggest factors um, gut wise, looking into autoimmunity um, and just kind of chronic illness. So that's what I focus on the most there.
1: Yeah. I find the microbiome so fascinating. And again, it's like one of those areas of research that we're just starting to, you know, tip of the iceberg kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but there's so many really cool things about it. Like you said, there's, it's made up of all of these genes and even more genes than the human genome is like in our gut, basically from just the microbiome. It's like its own organ system almost. Yeah. And I think like what you're saying, like the brain connection, they're saying that depending on what you're feeding your gut bacteria is like what it's going to feed back to your brain to crave more of that. So it's like, I, okay, if I have a lot of bad gut bacteria, it's going to like overpower and shout to my brain that it wants to be fed versus like my good diverse gut bacteria. If I'm feeding that, I actually crave more of that because it's now it's louder and saying I want you know, all of these things. And so I think that was super interesting that it can help us like appetite wise, craving wise,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all of those kinds of things that we think are like, oh, brain to gut, but it's actually other way around, like gut to brain. Gut to brain.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. So crazy and so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. I could, yes. Gut health is, it's just such a, hot topic word that I just, I mean, including myself, I feel like we are just kind of beginning to understand it. Um, Sometimes I think gut health gets kind of a sketchy name because there's so many people out there trying to sell you a supplement, take this one supplement and fix your gut. Well, that's really not how it works. We're not really, again, looking holistically on every, almost everything you do affects your gut health, your stress, your nutrition, your movement. It's just so, so complicated, but so cool. Yeah. So with all of those things out there and with all that
1: in mind, what would you say are like the biggest bangs for our bucks when it comes to improving
0: our microbiome? Yeah. So thinking about that, I think we really have to think about bacteria, decreasing the bad bacteria, increasing the good and kind of getting that gut lining nice and sealed up and... Taken care of. I kind of talked about it a little bit, but decreasing bad bacteria is just really diet-based. So, really limiting that sugar, Um, alcohol is a big one. You know, I know that we have we live in such a culture where alcohol is up front, and that's fine. I'm not saying you know we can't have it at all, but just being aware of how much alcohol really drives up that bad bacteria, and really kills the good bacteria. That makes sense. It's alcohol. That's what you use to kill bacteria on your surfaces
1: or your hands. 100%, yes. So we're just killing all that good bacteria when we drink it.
0: Yes. So, yeah, sugar, alcohol, um, and then, you know, all of those ultra-processed foods, all of those oils that are just kind of becoming rancid in our bodies. And then on the other end of that, feeding that good bacteria really – just goes back to eating those good whole foods. We've got to get fiber in there, um that prebiotic fiber to feed that. So that really just looks like increasing fruits and vegetables, you know, eating really good quality proteins, figuring out your food intolerances. Um, I work a ton with clients on that um, because everybody's different. and I don't know how many times I hear, you know, I didn't used to have this dairy allergy. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I think it's just because I'm, getting older. And it's like, no, I I thought this too, but that's not how that works. You get new food aversions. I'm putting that in quotes, allergies, when you're, when you have intestinal intestinal permeability. So mm. maybe you didn't have an issue with dairy, mm. but now you do because your gut lining is all funky. And now some of those particles are getting into your bloodstream, mm. which is causing inflammation. So it's really figuring out What foods are bothering you right now, taking them out for a while, not forever, rebuilding that gut lining, and then kind of retesting to figure out what is personal to you.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned prebiotics and mainly in getting that in the form of like good whole foods. And then what about Mm -hmm. like the probiotic side? Because I feel like that's like immediately what people Mm -hmm. think about
0: in terms of gut health. Yep. So before I will ever recommend a probiotic to anybody that I'm working with, I want to get those probiotics from whole food. It's cheaper. It's more bioavailable than taking a supplement. I think that there's a place for supplements, but it's always food first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a huge fan of, fer- of fermented foods. There's a ton of research out. Um, you know, that's things like sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, which I don't really do a lot. Um, I do a lot of sauerkraut. But if you take two to three tablespoons of sauerkraut, you don't have to take it by itself if it grosses you out. I, like, hide it in salad (laughs) or meal preps. (laughs) But that is just as strong of a probiotic Mm -hmm. of live cultured food than taking a probiotic. You know, you can get it in yogurt if you can handle dairy. Um, There's some good coconut milk yogurts out there. So really getting your probiotics from food first. And then I do take a good probiotic because it works for me. But I think people just testing out, try this probiotic. It always weirds people out, but how's your poop? You yeah. know, that's <laughs> it's like a great indicator of how's your digestion? <laughs> how's your gut health? What's your poop look like right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about kombucha? Because I love kombucha. Okay. So I also love kombucha, um, but this is per... My somewhat limited research and talking to my functional medicine doctor, kombucha is recommended, but not recommended to be your only source of probiotics, Mm -hmm. Um, just because it is a little lower in probiotic than, say, a fermented food. So recommended, but not recommended to be your only source. That makes sense. Yeah. Plus, you have
1: to watch out for the sugars, because there's some kombuchas that add a ton of
0: sugar, a ton of sugar. And you need that. You need some sugar for that natural fermentation to make kombucha do its thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm.
1: So I know you touch on hormones a little bit as well. I want to know like how our hormones play into all this. And if there's a big difference between like men and
0: women that you would coach. Yes. Yes. Hormones. Okay. So we could do a whole Different podcasts about this. And I would say that they're even more complicated than gut health. Okay. So our hormones affect our mood. They affect our energy levels, what foods we crave. They affect our sex drive, our sleep, our metabolic rate, our ability to gain muscle, lose weight. They just affect everything. And the biggest trend I'm seeing with hormones, again, is... Take this supplement. It's going to balance your hormones. Just Horm- fix all the things. Yes. <laughs> hormone balancing is like the hot term right now. And hormones are just so individualized and tricky because one hormone increases and the other decreases. And it's just this game of balance. And nutrition definitely plays into hormones, but lifestyle is plays into it more. Okay, I would say. Um, women and men are very different. Um, I would imagine so. <laughs> yes, yes. And women actually are three times more likely due to hormones and other factors of being diagnosed with autoimmune disease. Really? Yeah, autoimmune oh, wow. disease affects women way, way more than men. Um, oh, just and a lot of hormones. It, yeah, a lot of it's due to hormones. Just kind of looking at, I guess, easy-ish ways to kind of get those hormones in check. Um, Nutrition is a big one, um, but really nutrition tied to blood sugar levels. Okay. Um, So we're finding out a lot about blood sugar levels and keeping them more stable affecting your hormones. So one of the first things I work on with clients is we talk about no naked carbs. Um, So that's eating carbs by themselves Mm -hmm. is going to really, really spike that blood sugar. And then Really, really drop it. I mean, we've all done that in the morning. We've eaten like a carb-heavy breakfast Mm -hmm. and we feel amazing. And then four hours later, we're like, oh my God, I need a coffee. Mm -hmm. I can't make it through this day. So really the biggest thing is when you're eating carbs, we love carbs. We Mm -hmm. need carbs for all the things that we do. Um, I always work on pairing it with a good protein and a good fat because that is going to keep your energy levels, your blood sugar levels more stable throughout the day, which gives you that kind of nice natural energy, um, that we want instead of that big crash and keeping blood sugars level is really tied to more balanced hormones. Okay.
1: Huh. That totally makes sense. But like, I Mm -hmm. love the way that
0: you laid that out. And then
1: I love that. Like no naked carbs. That's a great, like in my mind, I'm like, got it. Yeah. So yeah, and that would be like any kind of carb. So like fruit, mm-hmm. well, obviously, we want to do more at whole foods than just like a straight processed
0: carb. Like yeah, a pasta for sure. I'm kind of a weirdo, and I gave up the like sweet breakfast mm-hmm. a long time ago, and that is something that I encourage a lot of my clients to do. Never force, but just kind of talking about the benefits of a savory breakfast. You have vegetables you have protein you have healthy carbs you have healthy fats that's just really going to keep you feeling good for a longer time throughout the day yeah we get stuck in our like this is what breakfast needs to look like and it can
1: be so culturally or marketing like focused that you're like why do we need frosted flakes in the morning well because that was what I watched growing up and yeah <laughs> on Cartoon the Network cereal box is awesome yeah. and I want to <laughs> read
0: the back of it every yeah. day
1: yeah. So, yeah, I love that of, like, just getting out of the thought of, like, what breakfast has to look like. Does, I'm assuming fiber has a lot to do with that as well.
0: Yeah, fiber is a big one. That's going to slow down that digestion of those quick carbs. Um, again, keeping your energy level stable. So fiber, you know, I'm always talking about increasing fruits and vegetables. That's just such a good enjoyable for the most part way to increase that fiber. I would say that's a big one too. And I'm like,
1: I'm definitely a sweet breakfast person, but I do like the oatmeal with like the low sugar oatmeal with like chia seeds and then like protein, like protein powder or peanut butter in it Yep, to like sustain. Cause yeah, otherwise it just buzz and crash.
0: Yeah. I have a lot of people who like to do overnight oats. I really oh, don't do yeah. it just for, I don't know. I never really got into it, but Yeah. Your oats, there's your good, healthy carbs, um, paired with your protein paired with your peanut butter, your healthy fat, your chia seeds for some more fiber. I actually have a lot of people who do that or like a Greek yogurt. Um, Mm. if they can tolerate dairy, same thing. So you have that protein, fat carb kind of ratio.
1: Love it. So many options. (laughs) So many options. What would you say are like some best grocery store hacks?
0: Okay, so grocery store hacks. Uh, I work with a lot of people on this because the grocery store is so overwhelming. Um, So, my biggest one is just keep it simple. So many people, when they want to start their health journey, you know, they, including myself, they want to go real hard in the paint, buy 10 different fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and all of this meat, and then half of it goes bad, and then you're just frustrated. That's never happened to me. Oh my gosh. I know that tub of lettuce. So you're like, all right, I'm going to get it out of here. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say, you know, stick to a pretty simple and consistent grocery list um, that stays mostly the same from week to week. So, you know, from each week I would buy two to three protein sources that you enjoy. So maybe that's your chicken thighs, maybe some nice steak, and then maybe an easy already cooked you know, paleo chicken sausage. And then the same thing with carbs. I like to pick two healthy carbs that week. So maybe a sweet potato, maybe in the summer, it's more squash. Maybe in the winter, it's more, you know, white rice, um, and then a couple of healthy fat options. So maybe that's where your olive oil comes in or your, you know, avocado oil salad dressing. I love avocados. I always have those. And then a few fruits and vegetables. I love to get frozen vegetables because of affordability. And it's so easy when I'm meal prepping, I just throw in the frozen veggies right there. I don't cook them. I don't steam them. Mm-hmm. And then by the time that you eat them, they're thawed out. Oh, um, ah, I
1: hadn't yes. even thought about
0: that. I used to steam my vegetables and then put them in my meal prep and then put them in the fridge and yeah. then reheat them. And finally, I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. So just throw those babies in frozen. (laughs) I'm telling you, it saves me so much time. So that's a big one. If you're a Costco shopper, I think Sam's has great ones too. They have such good bulk pre-cooked meat options Mm -hmm. um, that are high quality. So those chicken apple sausages that are great, no nitrates, Mm -hmm. nothing like that. Um, I really love like the Amy Lou brand or the... Mm -hmm. Adels, sausages, they just have such good pre-cooked options that we use for dinner a lot when you don't have a lot of time. And then I think the last one is probably we've got to be reading the food labels. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're getting whole foods, there's not even food labels, right? So you don't even have to worry about it. But reading food labels and watching out for buzzwords um, is a big one. So all natural, gluten-free which I am gluten-free, so I have to look at, but it's like just because it's gluten-free doesn't mean it's not full of things that are going right. to make you feel terrible.
1: It's like the health halo effect of like the buzzword on the top. Oh, it must be healthy. Like yeah. that gluten-free brownie, that must be great for me just because it's gluten-free.
0: Yeah, it has green packaging, so it's yeah. probably good for me. <laughs> yeah, A couple of buzzwords that I do trust and look for, I do trust the word paleo and I do trust Whole30. Not that I'm doing Whole30 or necessarily recommend that for everyone, but Whole30 is going to mean, or paleo, that you're getting a good source of oil, no added sugar. So I do like those buzzwords, but honestly, most buzzwords are nonsense.
1: Yeah. And then organic produce most of the time if we can.
0: Yeah. So that's another one. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, We're all on a budget these days. Mm -hmm. So I really follow the Dirty Dozen Mm -hmm. Clean 15, Mm -hmm. which if you're not familiar, the Dirty Dozen is just the 12 fruits and vegetables that are highest in pesticides, glyphosate toxins. Mm -hmm. And the Clean 15 doesn't mean there's no pesticides on it, but it's the least amount found. So if it is on the Dirty Dozen, like blueberries are always on that. Mm -hmm. Apples raspberries, anything where you really eat the skin. I try to find organic and then if I can't, I just wash them really well with like a like a white vinegar and a baking soda. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then things like onions, potatoes are on the clean 15, so sometimes organic at Costco is the same price, so I will get it. But if it's outrageously different, then I feel okay about just getting the regular. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, and then grass fed—is uh, that like important for meat?
0: Okay, so I actually just read Rob Wolf's book. I am almost positive that's who wrote it. About it's called Sacred Cow. Okay, and it's about it's an entire book about the research behind grass fed. Okay, and I am still a proponent of I still buy grass fed, grass finished meat. But basically, the study found that in beef, for some reason, grass fed and conventional fed is pretty similar in nutritional value. Okay. And in, I don't want to misquote this, but in antibiotics found. But then in chicken, you know, the free range versus conventional, uh-huh. there was a huge difference. Oh. So it's kind of Depends interesting. On the meat, then. Yeah. Most. Functional medicine, functional nutrition, gurus will still recommend grass-fed, grass-finished, but I thought it was kind of fascinating because sometimes, mm. again, if the price is really different, I'll feel better about choosing conventional beef over grass-fed. Oh, cool. Good to know. Yeah.
1: The, I mean, Weird. the more you know. I know. So one more thing to complicate <laughs> your grocery shop, but like you said, yes, just... Sticking with what you can. If you have a choice, mm-hmm. they're both the same price, you might as well just go with the grass fed for sure. Maybe, yeah. So that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get too overwhelmed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot, right? Yeah. And I think it can be overwhelming when you're like, oh, am I destroying the planet by buying this one thing? And you're like, well, again, if you have the option, you have the ability to buy organic or you have that choice, then great. But right. if not, like, it's still better to eat
0: the. Uh, non-organic blueberry than it is to eat like Doritos. A hundred percent. That is what I try to stress most with so many people. Eating any increase in fruits and vegetables is going to increase your health way more than uber stressing about, you know, organic versus non-organic. Yeah. So
1: sticking with the big picture... Mm-hmm. But if
0: we want to get in the weeds, then yeah, there we go. I like the weeds sometimes. <laughs> sometimes me yes, too. Very, yes. very much.
1: Um, do you encourage like journaling or tracking of any sort? And do you find like do your clients find that helpful?
0: Yeah. You know, weight loss clients or clients who are trying to um, improve muscle mass. I do encourage tracking because whether we like it or not, it is the most accurate way to know why you're eating. Some of my clients were just focusing on protein. We got to increase that protein to work on that muscle mass, to work on that recovery. So if it's a little overwhelming, cool, we'll just track protein. Um, With other clients, we're super flexible where I'll program them a set of macronutrients. um, And I want them to hit their protein, but then they can be flexible with their carbs and fats. A lot of my clients are not working on weight loss, They're just trying to feel good and trying to get their gut and all their symptoms under control. Mm. Um, So for that, we track how we feel after we eat. So Uh, especially for the first week, that's a big one. It's I don't know what my food intolerances are. Where do I start? Track everything you eat. Track are you bloated? Did you have brain fog? Did you get sniffly five minutes after you ate that? Which Mm. is a crazy symptom. We've all had a beer or eaten something. And then we're like, I can't breathe through my nose. That's a symptom of inflammation from the food that you just ate.
1: Oh, and it happens that fast. It happens that fast. Oh, cool. I'm going to pay yeah. attention to this now. Yes.
0: I have a whole <laughs> list of symptoms that we watch for. So that's what I'll just send people symptoms. And then we're just journaling, you know, how do you feel? And that's really empowering because if you start to notice how you feel after you eat, you are more inclined to choose the foods that make you feel good without anybody yeah. else telling you what to eat. Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with tracking.
1: Same. <laughs> um, and it's cycled. Sometimes I'm great and I feel awesome and it like helps me stay accountable. And then yeah. sometimes I'm like, this is the worst and I never want to track food again. And you, I can get in an unhealthy mindset with it. For um, sure. But using it as a tool, not like the end game, not like, oh, if I get mm-hmm. five – grams over my carb goal. I'm going to freak out kind of thing. Like, yep. Like I said, big picture, big picture. The weeds can help a little bit being a tool, but it's not the end game.
0: And being a holistic nutritionist, we're always checking in with mindset. Mm. How is your mind here? Okay. You felt great and empowered for the first three weeks of tracking. And now you're getting super into the numbers and now you're stressing. Well, that stress is causing probably more havoc on your gut than (laughs) the benefit of tracking. So now we're going to go to the plate method and mm. now we're going to say, okay, every one of your plates has half of its fruits and vegetables, a quarter protein, a quarter healthy carb and some fat. And I see so many people who are like, oh, there's another way of So it's really just what are your goals and how's your mindset around food and tracking?
1: Yeah. And you talked about gratitude journaling a little bit too. How do you use that? What does that look like for your clients? What does that look like for you personally?
0: So I'm really big on winning the morning. Um, I read a book four or five years ago called The Miracle Morning. Yes, I read that. It's the the dorkiest name, (laughs) but then the best book. It's perfect. Yeah. So it's just all about starting your day with a win. Um, So every single morning I have the same journal. I buy the same one every year. Mm. And I just write for three minutes everything I'm grateful for. And at first I thought it was the corniest thing ever, and now it's just like being aware of the good things in your life. I mean, how many good things go by that you would never even think about again? And then the next day I look back and I'm like, wow, that was really cool. That was, you know, a friend I hadn't seen in forever talked to me. I had the willpower to go to the gym and do this workout when I felt like garbage. Yeah, totally. You know, just finding, picking good things out. I think it's huge. And I really, really encourage that with the people that I work with writing gratitude every day and then setting intentions for the day. Because it sounds so weird. We all have these goals, and then life gets busy, and then you just forget about your goals. And it's the end of the day, and you're like, oh crap, well, I forgot to go work out because I forgot that I wanted to do that. So just writing two or three intentions for the day I wanna get 12,000 steps, I want to eat 160 grams of protein. And then checking in at the end of the day. And it's okay. We're not trying to be perfect here. You know, if you didn't hit it, it's okay. But just being intentional with your day, I think, is super huge.
1: Yeah. What do you think that most people get wrong about nutrition or diets when they're
0: kind of ready to make a change? I think that most people want results too quickly. So Mm. they're willing to do something drastic that isn't sustainable. And then that leads to frustration and burnout. Mm. You know, we have we have all been here. I want to be stronger than I am right now. I want to do five muscle-ups. I want to lose 15 pounds. Mm. Whatever it is, we all want that goal right now. Mm. And sometimes we forget how long it takes to get there. Um, So I really encourage people to think if you choose a plan that you cannot see yourself doing a year from now, Mm. it's probably not the right plan for you because it really, how many diets, diets out there, Mm. just you're feeling so restricted and so frustrated and then you just go home and you binge and you're like, screw it. I ruined Mm -hmm. everything. So really picking something that's sustainable, that allows you the freedom to go out and enjoy meals with friends. You know, that is such a huge piece to mental health and feeling good is having that community. Mm. And if we feel so restricted that we can't enjoy ourselves, then we're not gonna do it long term. So, really reflecting what are your goals? Mm. What are you capable of? Can you do this in a year? And if not, that's okay. Just keep searching for something that's gonna work long term. I love that. And
1: like you said, coming back to the journaling, mm-hmm. setting the intention for the day, not beating yourself up about it if that doesn't happen, but you have that intention working towards that goal. For sure. Because yeah, it is a marathon. It's a, you know your entire life. And so if we yeah. burn out in six weeks, then what was the point?
0: <laughs> right. That's what I work on most with people. I set the stage right up front. I am not going to teach you... A diet. If something has a name, it probably is too rigid for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we can eat with a paleo, you know, with some paleo ideas and with some Mediterranean ideas. But mm-hmm. if you're like, nope, I only eat this way, then it you're just putting so many parameters on your on yourself for n- no reason. You know, we want to learn how to eat for a lifetime, not just for the next six months of our lives.
1: Yeah, and I think. I like what you said about community too. And it's like, cause especially when you're in that diet mentality, you can be like, oh, I can't eat out with anyone. Cause then I'm just, I can't eat anything when I go out. And it's like, that's not the point. No. The point is to feel better, to have a higher quality of life, which includes like having a, a good meal with friends sometimes.
0: Yeah. A high quality of a life has to include the people that you love or what is it, you yeah. know? So you're also doing
1: some important work in the nonprofit space. Mm -hmm. You're a teacher yourself. You're trying to support self-care and teachers, which is so challenging right now. Yes. I would love to hear just a little bit about what that work looks like.
0: Yeah. So one of our fellow uh, CrossFit SoCo members, Meg, um, and her previous coworker, Jeff, were both teachers in Cheyenne Mountain, um, and they actually started a mindfulness class for teens, um, and it was kind of looked at like, oh, are these kids going to want to come in and meditate and do gratitude? And now it has blown up so much that Jeff teaches multiple sections of it Whoa, to high schoolers. That's cool. Super cool. So that's how it started. Um, and now we are pushing into schools and teaching teachers how to take care of themselves. And being in the school system for so long, teachers are just the most selfless people yeah. that we could ever know. And and we know that, but people who are not in education, I think, don't really know what that looks like. I know so many teachers who spend three hours at school after work and are like, I can't go to the gym. I can't eat healthy because I don't have time. Yeah. So really giving teachers a space to take care of themselves. We just do it for 45 minutes after school, once a week. Um, we go in and it's all... Research-based mindfulness tech- techniques, breathing techniques. We do gratitude journaling. Um, so we're with them once a week, and then we send them out, and their only homework is five minutes of a writing practice and try your breathing techniques every week. And it's super cool. It has exploded so much that the National Institute for Health is doing a study on us Whoa, Cool. this fall, which is it's just so cool to see. Like, we know... That gratitude and mindfulness and breathing works, mm-hmm. but now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. Like it's actually working and it's helping teachers take care of themselves. So it's just a really cool thing that I'm thankful to be a part of. Yeah. Super
1: important work. And like you said, I mean, we're all, it's all connected, right? That holistic nutrition and like yep. the stress is integrated because yep. if we're in fight or flight, like we're not going to digest our food. No, <laughs> not at all. We're just going to inflame everything that's already there.
0: Yep. That's something that I work on, too. I've had to work on this uh, myself. It's just such an easy, I guess, tool to help your digestion is sit down, take five deep breaths, take a bite of your food, chew it till like applesauce consistency, which who does that? No, nope. I, I hardly ever do that. No, <laughs> I hardly ever. I, have to, I constantly catch myself like, what are you doing? You know this. Shoveling food as fast as I can. Yeah. So it's just... Being mindful of eating. I mean, how many times do we eat in the car and we're Mm -hmm. frantic, you know, we're just not in that parasympathetic state, which helps digestion so much. And it's so simple, right? Mm -hmm. Sit down, be calm, chew your food. But who does that? Yeah. Or we're scrolling through our
1: phone and eating like we're hardly ever just like sitting and eating.
0: Yes. Uh, Guilty. I did that (sighs) earlier. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Then I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) yeah so it makes a big difference for sure. And again, it's not about being perfect. It's just being aware mm-hmm. and trying to make those small improvements where you can. yeah. What are some resources out there for teachers? Oh gosh, I have so many, of course, on the in, spot. My, <laughs> in my notebook. <laughs> okay. Um, so some resources that I love. um, I started meditating and taking mindfulness um, through apps because if I would sit down and just try to be quiet. I, I didn't even know what to do. My brain went crazy, which Mm. is the whole point of meditating is noticing your thoughts Mm. and being okay with it. Mm. Um, but I really struggled with that. So I love the calm app. Oh yeah. I have that too. Yeah. And my insurance actually covers it, which is kind of random. That's cool. Yeah. A bunch of insurances are picking it up. So you might be able to get it for free. Um, I love the headspace app. I use that for a while. There's all sorts of apps, but just kind of guiding you through. Um, the Miracle Morning app, um, I just oh, downloaded it. I didn't know they have an app. It. Yeah, I just got it like a month ago and it kind of takes you through your morning affirmations, your morning gratitude, mm. your morning silence. I really like that one. There's tons of books. I mean, John Kabat Zinn is like the guru of meditation, mindfulness. He has a YouTube channel that's really good. Um, yeah, YouTube is great for all the free mindfulness things. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to get into it if you don't even know where to start. So just YouTube, like 10 minutes sleep meditation. And it's just kind of takes you through that breathing and just kind of teaches you how to do it without being so overwhelmed. Love that. So where can people follow
1: you and find your services?
0: Yeah. So I am on Instagram just at Audra Hulk. Um, my website has a bunch of information, um, just kind of services that I offer things that we can work on. It's just audrahulknutrition Um, and then you can just reach out on Instagram or email me again. It's just Audra at Gmail and we can, um, me talk, um, about anything that you're struggling with.
1: Audra, I learned so much from you today. And I know so many people are going to just have their mind blown by um, all of your knowledge and this podcast. So thank you so much for being on the show today. And friends, if you liked what you heard, make sure to share this podcast with someone that could benefit from the information. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, friends.